good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in 1 Peter. Last time we read chapter 4. We're ready to read chapter 5 now. Now at the end of chapter 4, Peter is talking about sharing in the suffering of Christ and how we should be doing the right things. And if we're suffering in this life, we should be suffering for following the Lord and doing the right things. I'll tell you, I've not personally experienced a lot of suffering for following the Lord. Yes, occasionally you'll have somebody say something or, you know, act a certain way or maybe be a little contentious with you, but not anything really bad. I've never experienced anything really, really horrible or really awful like they like occurred sometimes in the, the old days or has occurred to other people. So I've had it easy. I've been really blessed, and I admit that. Okay, so, but Peter is talking about sharing in Christ's sufferings, meaning that we're suffering for doing the right things, for following Jesus, for following God, and we should rejoice and be happy about that, and we should stay committed to God and understand that we're going to have tests and trials in this life, and that, you know, this that's normal it happens to everyone and it's it's nothing unusual that we would have tests and trials in this life this life is a learning experience a learning life for us to help us grow closer to god and become more like the lord so i'm going to read the last thing here therefore those who are ill-treated and suffer in accordance with the will of god must do right and commit their souls to the faithful creator so if we are ill-treated and suffer in accordance to the will of God because we're following God, then we must continue to do right and commit ourselves, our souls, to God, the faithful creator. So that is the end of chapter 4. Now with that in mind, Peter's going to talk to some different groups of people here in First Peter chapter 5. Now we're reading First Peter chapter 5. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Therefore, I strongly urge the elders among you, pastors, spiritual leaders of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not motivated by for shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm, not lording it over those assigned to your care. Do not be arrogant or overbearing, but be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation, and when the chief shepherd Christ appears, you will receive the conqueror's unfading crown of glory. Now, we're going to stop there for just a moment. That's four verses. He's talking to the elders. Okay, and he's telling them to serve God willingly. He's saying, as a fellow elder, he was an elder in his congregation. Peter was. Well, of course he would be. That makes sense, doesn't it? And um, he reminds them he's an eyewitness to Jesus. He reminds us that he's an eyewitness. And he is encouraging and telling them to shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God. 
In other words, if you're an elder, you know, guide and protect and shepherd the flock that you have, the flock that is under your care. You do so voluntarily, not under compulsion, not because you have to, but do so voluntarily. And then do that according to the will of God and, and don't be motivated by some sort of gain or greed or anything. I, most elders don't get anything for being an elder, nothing worldly. Most elders don't get paid and that sort of thing. I know in some cases they do, and, and that's fine. I mean, if they're if that's like a full-time job for them and they're doing that work, they certainly deserve it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying anything against that ever. But I would say for most elders of most congregations, they're probably, uh, probably not um, getting anything worldly out of it. They're doing it for God, and they're doing it for spiritual reasons. They're doing it to be helpful and be a blessing to their congregation. They're not getting anything out of it. And even those who maybe are doing that full-time service and, and are being paid or whatever out of it, um, paid from it or for it, if I can say this correctly, they, um, even those people, they're still doing it for the right reasons. Okay, I mean, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, then you shouldn't be doing it, to be fair, to be honest. But but I'm going to kind of make this assumption and give anyone the benefit of the doubt that they are doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it because of a love for their congregation. <clears throat> so, and that's how he's telling us to, to do that if we... Um, if we get to that point where we can be an elder and we should want to be an elder in the sense that we want to help the congregation not to be a ruler and he he mentions this here not lording it over those assigned to your care do not be arrogant or overbearing but be examples of christian living you know set the example set the pattern for your congregation and, you know, teach and guide, be like the Lord, be like our God. You know, teach and guide, encourage, you know, correct when necessary, but don't, you know, don't be lording it over and commanding, you know, everyone to act a certain way or do certain things. You know, instead of that, teach them, you know, set the example and teach. And that's, that's what we should be doing. All right, and so, and he says, you you will be rewarded when the chief shepherd, when Jesus appears, you know, you will receive the crown of, crown of glory. <clears throat> Pardon me. All right, so let's move on now. Um, verse 5, Likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience, be subject to your elders, seek their counsel, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Tie on the servant's apron. Now that's funny. They add that here in the um, in the amplified. Tie on the servant's servant's apron. Apron. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, um, kind of like you know how Jesus took off his clothes and wrapped a towel around him to do the work. You know to wash their feet. Well, I think this is. Peter is saying similarly we should tie on or be the servant we should you know put that on 
um, clothe ourselves with humility and be a servant to one another. For God is opposed to the proud, the disdainful, the presumptuous, and he defeats them, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, set aside self-righteous pride, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So here Peter's just encouraging us to make sure we humble ourselves and don't try to exalt ourselves and don't have self-righteous pride and sometimes it is hard not to have these little attitudes of self-righteousness. I mean, we all, I'm, I'm not, we can all accidentally fall into these little practices, these little thought processes, into these little things where we're like, oh, I can't believe they do that. You know, I can't believe they act like that. You know, face it. Well, I mean, let's, let's just, just let's face it. We've all been there and done that where we acted a certain way or did a certain thing that later we go, oh, wow, I should not have done that. I should never have been that way. You know, we all learn. Um, maybe the exact example is slightly different for each person because we're different people, but, uh, you know, we are all learning as we go, so we don't want to be self-righteous. We don't want to be puffed up and, and think that we you know, you get ourselves full of pride. Um, instead, we want to be humble and care and be merciful and loving towards everyone, especially if we're in that kind of position where we're, I'm still thinking back to where we're an elder, but, but here he's really talking about everyone, not just elders. And it's true. And we should cast all our cares on him, for he cares about us. Now notice that if you shrink this down, the Amplified is great and it adds a lot of stuff, but sometimes some of the simple meaning gets lost. If you look at verse 7, casting all your cares on him for he cares about you is one of the great verses of the Bible that reminds us, it reminds us that God cares about us. We can cast our cares on him through prayer. We can pray and say, Lord, you know, I'll do everything that I can do. God, I, I will do everything I can do, Father. And, you know, but I'm going to leave the rest of this with you because I can't do any more than what I've done. I'm just a person, but I know you can take care of it. You know, and cast those cares on on God and, and trust him. Allow him to take care of that and, and believe in him. For he cares about us. All right, <clears throat> verse 8, be sober, well-balanced and self-disciplined, be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Now, I want to stop here for just a moment. I want you to realize that, first of all, that enemy of yours, the devil. The devil, Satan, is our enemy. There is no doubt about it. He's been God's enemy all along, and he's our enemy. Okay? He prowls around like a roaring lion. Lion. He prowls around like a roaring lion. In other words, pretending to be as if he were, but he's not. 
he roars and makes a lot of noise and he wants to scare and intimidate you but you have to remember Jesus already beat him Jesus already whooped him he doesn't have the power he used to have he thought he had won I really believe he thought he had won and then Jesus rose again and proved otherwise so Jesus has already won all that battle all that fight the war he has won all of that and we're just following him and claiming his victories as we go you know that's what we're doing in our lives we're learning to claim those victories and not be deceived the only power Satan really has now is that power of deception and temptation and then those are bad enough but he no longer has the power he had before the Lord came and 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 died on the cross before then Satan had more power you notice remember he took Jesus places and showed Jesus things he had power but he doesn't anymore his power was broken the Lord broke all of that and he doesn't have that power so but he pretends he acts like this roaring lion this fiercely hungry lion just wanting to devour somebody you know that's how he acts and he wants to scare you and intimidate you but don't notice what Peter says next in the very next verse but resist him be firm in your faith against his attack rooted established immovable knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world you do not suffer alone so when we're you know having these intimidations these fears just know that we are not alone all, all of us as Christians we're all going through uh, very similar if not exactly the same things all the time so you know the devil is prowling around pretending to be this this vicious lion this vicious creature but he's not he's not at all he's been defanged and detaloned and you know all he can do is run his mouth that's right that's why he's prowling around roaring and making a noise to distract us to scare us to intimidate us but when you know the truth this is another way in which the truth sets you free when you know the truth and you know that the Lord has already won then you know that your enemy has already been taken care of yeah our biggest fight is really with ourselves our temptations our um, um, you know I said deceit and temptation was his his biggest powers that's really about all he has left so for us it's mainly making sure that we do not fall into some sort of deceit meaning that we're not tricked or fooled and uh, that we're, we don't stray through temptation or through wrong thoughts and beliefs or false teaching those are probably our biggest um, concerns well except for those of course who are not saved and who are not following at all but I mean once we're following the Lord you know we want to and of course we want to bring others into that but I, I was speaking mainly of, about us as Christians and you know Satan being our enemy so that's where I was that's where I was coming from on that alright so then 
Peter continues in verse 10, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereign, sovereignty, forever and ever. Amen. Now, that is mostly the end of the epistle. However, there is a little more here, and this is uh, kind of a wrap-up and kind of uh, an explanation. So let's read this so that you'll understand here. Um, I do want to make mention of though that if you know, you know, we'll go through our trials and our suffers. We're not really, and we'll suffer, and but we're not suffering alone through these trials and temptations. Other Christians are going through the same things, and then he's telling us here, after you have suffered for a little while, God will Himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He will help you to grow out of that and get past that and move beyond that. He will bring you through that. So, and then he says to him, Be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, verse 12, we're going to continue here at the end. By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him. Now, I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. It might be Silvanus or something, but I'm just doing the best I can. Our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly to counsel and testify that this is the true grace, the undeserved favor of God. Stand firm in it. She, the church who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, and so does my son in the faith, Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. To all of you who are in Christ, may there be peace. And that is the end of First Peter. These five chapters are all there are and that is the end of his first letter and <clears throat> basically you know he's telling them that Sylvanus will be bringing this and he will you know he will um, certify to its authenticity from Peter and that it is uh, truly the Word of God stand firm in it and then there's the greetings and to all of you who are in Christ, may there be peace. So that is the end of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to thank you for listening. I hope I'm not being too long on these. I just feel like there's a lot of things in these epistles that we, we need to make sure we're noting and we're using, applying to our daily lives. Um, you know, such as knowing that we're not alone in these sufferings and in these tests and trials and, you know, uh, maybe talk to our brothers and sisters in the congregation and talk to different people who are uh, going through the same or similar things and uh, you know just try to uh, try to share with one another and make sure that we are staying humble and praying to God and and asking for his help and knowing and trusting and believing that he will he will help us and he will see us through these things I think that's very important. It's very important that we resist Satan, you know, and be firm in our faith. These are all important things. So I just want to make sure that we're aware of that. You know, and how do we resist Satan? Well, first of all, we resist the temptation. We don't do those things. We pray to God. If we need to stop what we're doing and even just have a silent prayer with God and, and you know, to 
you know, change our thought and move us away from whatever is tempting us or whatever that deceit is, whether it be temptation or fear, you know, if we need to stop for a moment, have a silent prayer to God and, and then continue on, whatever it takes to help us and then remove temptations from our lives if we need to, all of those are important things that we need to realize that we can do to help ourselves and to further our, our following the Lord and becoming closer to the Lord. All right. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you and keep you safe always. And remember, God loves you.